0: The Baseball 365
1: Podcast. And here are your hosts, Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston.
0: Welcome to episode 130 of the Baseball 365 Podcast. My name is Justin Hughes, and thank you for taking some time out of your week to spend with us today. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Baseball365 Pod, myself at Justin Hughes365, and you can find Andrew on Twitter at AMCQ82. And we have a Facebook group, Baseball 365, with close to 3,000 members talking about baseball every single day. And it's the best way to connect with Andrew, myself, and a bunch of other great minds in the group who are talking about baseball all the time. Even right now, as fantasy football is picking up and draft season, there are still people talking about baseball over there that will continue doing so all the way through the end of the season, the playoffs, and then right into the off season. And the best way you can support the show is to go to iTunes. If you took a few moments, left us a five-star rating, and wrote a review for us, a nice one, preferably, uh, a good way to help us get our names out there. And if you did that, we would be very appreciative. And as always, all of these plugs, the Twitter, the Facebook group, and the iTunes links are going to be found in the show notes. Some of you guys might remember, we did a podcast in May where we discussed players we were changing our minds on this at that point of the year, and Andrew mentioned that it was tough for him to change his mind on many players early in the season. His quote, if I recall, was something along the lines of, he li- a- Andrew trusts the process longer and doesn't really change his mind on a lot of guys till July or August. And I remember mentioning, it might be a good one to circle back to, and well, It's August, we're nearing the end of August, and I thought it'd be fun to do this exercise again, so Andrew and I are each going to discuss five players who we have changed our minds about this year, some for the better and some for the worst. And let's get Andrew on. Andrew, word on the street is there is a member of the Baseball 365 group who is not an actual human being, but is an owl in disguise.
1: I have no clue who you mean.
0: You didn't take the bait. Uh, You didn't take the bait. You're supposed to hear that, and you're supposed to say, who?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I definitely could. I guess I could have said that. but I
0: (laughs) I was hoping you would. I was watching this video. Today, my wife just showed me a video of a girl showing up next to another girl in a video, and she asked her that, except... You know, she was saying some other, not baseball 365, but whatever the thing is. And the other girl just said, who? And then they both just started laughing. (laughs) And I was wondering if I could get you to take the bait, but I failed. So I have a real question of the day for you now. Shohei Otani is the second fastest player to ever hit 40 home runs and 15 stolen bases in 122 games. Who was the only
1: person to do it faster? Ken Griffey Jr.
0: Oh, you were right on that one.
1: Yeah, I saw it the other day, a couple of days ago.
0: Okay, so you saw the stat when he did it. Yes. Yeah.
1: Well,
0: I, I did not write down what year he did that. Do you remember the year?
1: No, I don't remember offhand.
0: I want to say it was 98, but I'd have to go look, and I'm not going to. I'm just glad you spit it out because I started to ask that question, and I was like, oh, shoot, I don't have the answer ready. I knew it was Griffey, but couldn't yeah. remember what so anyways, we got an exercise here, Andrew. I don't know. We'll ju- just, I heard uh, Chris Harris with the, in a football podcast. He likes to talk about this. And like, we got lists of players to talk about. And they're really just excuses to talk about players. And we have five that we're going to come up with for players that we've changed our minds about. And I'll just let you start this off here. Who's your number one?
1: I get Yeah. So five. I didn't, yeah, I didn't really rank them. I mean, I just kind of made a list and, um, but yeah, my first one is Teoscar Hernandez. Uh, you know, I, I've always kind of not believed in this guy dogged him, whatever you want to call it. I mean, I remember before the season thinking fourth outfielder potential and kind of just giving all the reasons not to draft him. And he's been really good again. Um, 131 WRC plus after 143 last year, continuing to provide power, hit for average. Um, it's probably a guy that I'm, you know, I'll probably never be in in on him, like drafting him consistently. I mean, I don't know exactly where I'll go next year, but um, I would guess probably comparable to where he where he went this year, and he's just been really good, and I like it that I've seen it again, you know, so. I've kind of got to give credit where credit's due here, and uh, yeah, I've definitely changed my mind on him.
0: I think it was two or three years ago I cut Teoscar in our Rotomasters 2 Dynasty League, and man, I wish I had him back, because yeah, he's been good for two years in a row. It's funny, his walk rate for the third year in a row has dropped, I mean, it's a career low this year, but he's striking out less, but it's like you said, we're seeing it again, it's like... I'm with you. I don't know if I'll be in on buying him if he's going around the same spot, but I'm not going to look at it and think that's a sucker pick like I did this year.
1: Right, right. Yeah, that's kind of, I guess, kind of my point. I mean, you just see a larger sample of it. I mean, it was easy to kind of say last year, oh, I want to see it again. I mean, with the jump up, but yeah, he's kind of maintained it and been pretty good all year so. If, you,
0: if he can strike out in 25% range, I mean, he can be a really good player. I think that's been his problem throughout his career. I mean, 2017, 37.9%. 2018, 31, 33% in 2019, and uh, 30% in 2020. I mean, it's been a problem yeah. for him. And if he can keep it down in the 20s, even if it gets up to 26, 27, 28, I think he can continue being a really good player because – when he gets the bat on the ball and he and with that lineup and that stadium, yeah, good things there. I like that pick. Okay, so you made a positive, so I'm going to try to make a positive two. And by the way, I've got six written down, Andrew, so you're only allowed to pick one of the same as me because if you do two, then I don't know what I'm going to do here. Yeah,
1: we'll, <laughs> we'll figure we'll figure it out. I think I, I got about eight, but there's five I like better than
0: my first yeah, one I'm going to pick is Joey Votto. Uh, there were rumblings this last winter that Votto had figured something out late in the year. And in September last year, he only hit two twenty six, but he had six home runs and a three sixty nine OBP still. So the power uptick was noticeable. His OPS was .857 that month, and his WRC Plus was one twenty nine. And he mentioned in the offseason that he made an adjustment to his swing. And it's worked this year. He's crushing two eighty one with a three seventy-eight OBP, five five seventy three slug, an OPS at nine fifty-one, a WRC plus at one forty seven, and he has twenty eight home runs. So what's changed in Votto's own words? I think he had a quote a month or two ago. He's just trying to hit home runs now. Earlier in the career, in his career, Votto was one of those guys that was just trying to hit the ball hard, hit line drives, but not really trying to hit home runs. He was just trying to put the bat on the ball, and that's changed as his as he's been aging, and maybe that's not worked for him as well. He's adjusted, and it's working for him now. And I th- I'm I was intrigued by Votto. I wouldn't have said I was out. But I'm definitely, like, more intrigued, too. And this is the same story, like, some people could say, isn't this the same story with Hosmer last year? If And if there was a captain of the change my mind about it would be Hosmer, I mentioned it at the very end of the last one of these we did in May. But Votto has admitted to a swing change, and there's a larger sample than Hosmer's 36 games here or last year. I'd probably take an under on a 280 batting average next year, like he's hitting 281 this year. But I think he could still be a really good power-hitting first baseman, especially with that ballpark he's in.
1: Yep, I agree with you. I, I kind of thought, you know, when I was doing this list, I'm kind of thinking about guys that I was either way in on or not in on at all or whatever. And I was actually in on Vado this you year were. for where he was going. I've got him in multiple leagues. I mean, I never expected this. I mean, come on. Like, no, I don't think anybody did. But, yeah, I mean, he's right there in the MVP hunt. I don't think he's going to win it. But he's definitely, like, in that conversation once you get past Tatis. So, um, yeah, great year. And I'll be really curious to see how much he shoots up draft boards next year. It's obviously going to be a lot higher um yeah I'll be curious
0: Joey Votto's got an MVP doesn't he I think so yeah yeah he in 2010 he won the National League MVP and Hank Aaron award I was thinking he had done it once yep so okay who's your number two
1: so my number two I've been um I'll admit I've been pretty slow to adjust um but I'm just gonna Admit that I've been kinda wrong on this guy and that's uh Austin Riley. Ah, um, yeah. Yeah, he's just he's just been awesome. It's just hard to ignore at this point. I mean, 300, 376 six, five thirty four slash, one forty WRC plus, hit in the middle of a great lineup, power, um, obviously providing counting stats and um yeah, he's just been really good. He was okay last year but been better this year and um I, you know for a while early on i was kind of like i just want to see more i just want to see more but i think i'm kind of there with him now i'm again like Oscar, I'm i'm not sure it's a guy that i'm going to be like pounding the table like i've got to have him but um probably not a guy that i'm gonna see picked and be like i hate that you know i mean it depends It kind of depends because we don't really know what draft costs are going to be next year. So Mm -hmm. there's always that chance that, you know, he is young, like I think he's 24. And sometimes when guys are ascending, like Riley kind of is, it shoots up higher than you even think it will. So, uh, you know, knowing the improvements and all that. So I'll be curious, but um, yeah, I'll just, uh, I'll admit to being wrong on him or slow to adjust whatever you want to call it but yeah he's been really good
0: i would imagine like my first thought of where he'll be is like fifth sixth round and yeah if he's at that cost i won't be in either this one's like vado for you in terms of i was more intrigued by straw or not straw i was i don't know i i I was more intrigued by riley but i didn't get a share
1: i could see him being don't know i could see him being fourth round i don't know it's hard to say It predicting adp it's it's like impossible but
0: yeah i mean like is he gonna go ahead of nolan arenado or that was like the the test if you think because i'm thinking Arenado probably is going in the fifth to eighth round yeah and i don't know i don't know the answer to that i don't know who will have the higher adp because Arenado is no longer in cores, and he was good but not great this year. And, and I think name value. I've, I
1: think Riley's going to go higher. I could see it. Yeah, I, I mean, it. I don't know for sure, and I'm not saying I would rather have Riley at a higher price than Arenado. You know, lower, but I think just pure average draft position. I I think Riley's going to go higher. If I had to bet on it.
0: I was definitely intrigued. You and I both were off this guy as he was a prospect coming up. I remember when we just started doing this podcast, we were talking about which prospect in the top 50 or whatever is going to finish out of the top 100. And I think we both had Riley on our list, if I recall. Neither one of us were big fans. And ne- as he was having that really hot start in 2019, I don't, neither one of us were buying in. going into 2020 drafts but I was a little more intrigued after last year because it was a small sample but the strikeouts I was like okay let's see if there's something there I didn't get him in any drafts but yeah great year great year for him
1: yeah and you got to love all the talent around him too I mean that offense is pretty loaded
0: 72 runs 77 RBI in 126 games I mean that's that's when you have a good lineup around you that's how that that's what happens All right, I'll go into another positive then. And I'm going to mention a guy who I was... I I, I just didn't know if the health and the stamina was ever going to be there. And that's Julio Urias with the Dodgers. Always was protected with innings coming up. Had the major shoulder injury, which wiped out all of 2018. He came back and was protected some more. And this last year, he was or going in like the 7th, 8th, ninth round. And I didn't trust the innings to get there. And so far, they have 144 innings of a starting pitcher 1 or 2 production. Uh, in that 144 innings, 3.170 ERA over a strikeout an inning, less than 2 walks per 9. He did have an injured list stint recently with the calf thing, but he was back on Tuesday night and threw 5 more scoreless innings. At this point, I'd take him as a back end one, but probably prefer him as a number two. Like he's going to go higher than that seventh round cost next year, and yeah, I think he's. I mean, he's showing right now that he can. Uh, the innings can get there, and they're not. They don't seem like they're babying him at this point. So I'm more in on Urias than I was.
1: Yeah, it's it's hard to baby him the way that they've been kind of hit with. Yeah, stuff you know.
0: Yeah, under a normal um, season, still, I'd be curious to see what they'd have done.
1: Yeah, yeah, you still think, or you would still think that they maybe would have tried, and maybe they're kind of getting past that. So, yeah, it's good to see. He's he's a stud. I mean, he's always been really good per inning. You just kind of mm-hmm. wondered where those innings would land, and like you said, so far so good on that. So hard to uh, hard to argue with that call. Yep.
0: Okay, so we're on to number. Is it three for you? Yeah, three.
1: Yep. Number three, um, this is a negative one, and it's a guy I actually have a lot of this year. It's Charlie Blackman.
0: I almost put him on my list. He was uh, um, on my list of, like,
1: others. Yeah. Yeah. I actually think he homered tonight, which was funny because I was, we were getting ready for the podcast and I looked up and I thought I saw him rounding the bases. I was like, oh, that's funny. We're going to be talking about him in less than an hour. (laughs) But um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's just been rough. Like I, I feel like he's always, you know, the reason I've kind of bought into Blackman, it's like I know I'm getting plus average. And again, average is kind of a, Uh, up and down thing fluky thing but if you look over the course of his career just year by year I mean 283 309 288 287 324 331 291 314 303 I mean that's the last 10 years basically so and then 274 this year which is still fine but um, I think it's just more like the counting numbers the Rockies have just been so bad I mean you're not really getting, he was always buoyed you in average runs scored. And then he's provided some semblance of pop. I mean, he's never been a crazy power guy, but he's also not really killed you there either. And right now he's just not doing any of that. I mean, he's not giving you the run scored that you were hoping for because the Rockies just haven't been that good. And He's not giving you power, nine home runs in 119 games last year, six and 59. So he's got 15 in his last about 170 games roughly, or maybe even a little more than that. So, you know, he obviously doesn't run anymore. I didn't really expect that, but there's just not really, um, not really a whole lot there. Like I said, I think a lot of the intrigue has always been cores and, um, just getting the average of the runs and all of that kind of comes together, but it's just been rough this year. I don't, I feel like he's kind of maybe declining as a hitter a little bit, which you can, you could have expected at his age. I mean, I probably didn't factor that too much or enough as I should have into the realm of possibility and probably leaned on cores a little too much. That's on me. But um, yeah, I think it's just time for a readjustment. I'm not, I'm not saying I'll be out on him completely. I mean, I definitely think he's going to probably dip even further next year in drafts, so never know. But um, I I feel like there's a lot less to get excited about with Blackman these days.
0: You know, he hit fewer homers last year, but looking at, like, you just – I hadn't looked at his StatCast page. It's interesting. His expected batting average is tied for the highest of his career right now at 297.
1: Yeah, I saw that.
0: The really the only difference that I'm seeing when I'm looking at his page there, the launch angle. Everything else looks pretty much the same, but after his career launch angle is 13.4, and I mean, if you go looking back at the previous seasons, 13 five, before this year, 13.5, 14.6, 12, 13, 15, 15, it's nine this year. Like he just has gone more level with the swing and everything else looks good. It's like you're just hitting the ball down more. I go look and see his batted ball data. I'm sure. I
1: think a lot of it, I think a lot of it too, though, is just how bad the Rockies have been Mm -hmm. too. You know, it's, it just adds to that because you've always been able to kind of pencil them in for, they're going to have a good offense. They're going to score a ton of runs and, Actually don't know where they're rank they rank in runs scored this year. I'm gonna look right now, but it's it's definitely um
0: it's not I mean they're in it's Colorado not so typical. it's skewed. But you're yeah. right. It's not but
1: not be. as not even as much as it as it typically is. No. He's
0: just putting the ball on the ground more this year. Forty eight point nine percent ground ball rate, forty first.
1: For they career. are they are fourteenth in the majors in runs scored. That shouldn't happen. And they play half their games in so Yeah. Just been a bad offense, especially on the road, really bad.
0: All right. Well, you gave me a negative, so I'm going to go into a negative, and I'm going to pick a guy that I really liked going into the year, and that is Nick Solak. Uh, I thought he could be a good redraft pick this year in the late hundreds. I'm pretty sure that's around where his ADP was going. And I remember quoting saying, that I thought he could provide 30 to 35 home runs plus steals. And in April, I looked like I had made a great call. At the end of April, he had a 293 batting average with seven home runs and two steals. His OPS was 910 and his WRC plus was 151. Since then, it's been bad and real bad. 201 batting average with a 261 OBP and a 281 slug an OPS of 542, and a WRC Plus of 51. Andrew, that's not good. (laughs) Um, He just doesn't hit the ball hard. And Texas is now a pitcher's park. There's a bunch of other parks in the West that aren't great for hitting home runs for right-handed hitters besides Houston. At this point, I just don't think he has the power to stay in the lineup every day for a first-division team maybe because he's in Texas he'll get a shot for a little bit he was just called back up and i know he's played a little better i think he hit a home run this the last day or two but i'm far from certain that he's going to play regularly he's also a poor defender so his bat has to carry him and keep him in the lineup that's another part of it he's not going to this isn't a Byron Buxton where your defense is going to keep like it's going to help you it's actually on the other side it's a negative so he's got a hit, and yeah, I, I mean, Solak might go late enough that I buy him next year just to take the shot, but I am not. I mean, it's going to have to be significantly lower than where it was this year.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on pretty much all that. It's been a been a tough year for him. That's
0: you don't have any shares a, of him, him, him anywhere, lightly.
1: right? Um, I don't think. No, I don't. I didn't. You, I I had. I traded one dynasty share last year. It was kind of a second piece, and I actually think that was in the um, Luciano trade in RM (laughs) one. I think I traded him with Luciano, but okay. um, Yeah, and I remember I didn't really want to give him up. Uh, but there was just other pieces that had to be involved because I got a Eloy. So
0: I'm saying you gave up Luciano. That means you got something really good back. So,
1: yeah, it was he was in that trade. But it, I remember it was just I didn't really want to give up solek but, you know, I got to do what you got to do. So, yeah, it's been a tough year out. for him. I, I don't, you know, kind of the stuff you said about the defense and you just his bats going to have to carry him. So it's kind of hard to know uh what's exactly is going to happen with him I think the next year or two for him is probably going to be huge
0: okay who's your number four
1: my number four is Sandy Alcantara Mm. and um I don't really have a ton to say on this one it's just he's just better than I thought he was like that's that's the best way I can put it I mean I when I would see him seeing him get drafted this past off season and I just was like, Oh man, I not really feeling it, but, um, good again this year, you know, three thirty-five ERA, 158 innings. He's been kind of a horse really. I mean, it's just a guy like I have him in um, RM three and I, I mostly have him because I drafted him in the initial startup in 2019. I drafted him. I want to say in like, round 25, 26, something like that. And I just kind of held on to him, but I never thought I would get to a point where two years later, i am he's never leaves my lineup. I mean, he's just in my lineup every week. And yeah, I mean, there's just nothing that I'm seeing that should make you want to run from him. You know, he's just been really good. He gets a lot of chase, a lot of swing and miss, um, high fastball velocity guy. Yeah. I I try. It's like a guy that I just trust him. Start to start. He did have a really bad blow up. I want to say, I forget if that was in cores or not earlier in the year. Dodgers. Okay. I remember that one. I I was, I
0: was going to bring that up as soon as you finished.
1: Yeah. I think he had, (laughs) I remember saying he had zero earned runs, then 10 earned runs, then zero earned runs back to back to back. Like that was a three start stretch for him. But Yeah, just overall, he's been good. I mean, gets Ks. Not a crazy amount of Ks, but I feel like you can trust him for ratios. He's going to pitch every fifth day. And, um, yeah, I mean, again, another guy. Curious to see where he'll go next year. Probably a little bit higher than he did this year. Not for sure saying I'll be in, but he's just definitely better than I thought he was and definitely better than I ever expected him to be. So.
0: For sure, I didn't see this. I remember him in the Cardinals organization four or five years ago. I actually took him in the Rotomasters 2 startup and traded him within a week of that draft. I don't know if you know, know or remember, I doubt you do, but he was in that Christian Yelich trade I made with our buddies Ben and Ryan. He was one of the pieces okay. in that deal. And at the time, he was this flame throwing guy but didn't know where the ball was going. And it really – I mean – the odds were very high that he was going to end up in the bullpen, but still very electric arm, and yeah, he's figured it out and he's I mean, year after year, if you look at his walks per nine since coming into the big leagues, it's gotten better and better every year. um yeah, yeah he's coming into his own. he's a heck of a pitcher. I don't have any shows anywhere, but yeah, I think I I could be I could see myself being in on him. he's going even at a pretty high cost next year. Okay. Yeah. All right. So now we're on to my. What are we on? Number four. You're fourth. Yeah. All right. I got three names here, and there are two pos- one positive and two negative. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna go on and use one that I feel like I, I'm, I've talked about a little bit. But on the same note, I think the other two are ones I think you're more likely to have on your list here. So I'm gonna use this one. And that would be Tommy Edmond. Um, I mentioned him a little bit here, but Tommy had the breakout in 2019. And last year I had questions on if, if he'd run. After, after 2020, I had questions if he'd run more because he stole only two bases and six attempts in 55 games. And he's run more this year with 20 steals in 122 games as I typed this up, as I typed up the notes. Um, but the thing that has become more concerning with his performance is his performance against right-handed pitchers. His OPS against lefties is a very strong 819. And against right-handers, it's only 654. His batting average and OBP were farther apart when I looked a month ago, and the gap is closer now. But he's just not somebody that drives the ball well when he's hitting left-handed. Again, he's really good on the right side of the plate. He even tried going right-handed against right-handed pitchers a few weeks ago, and I thought that was interesting, but it didn't last. And next year, you know, one of the perks to him is the position eligibility, but next year he's only he's looking like he's only going to be second base in outfield going into the offseason. And I worry about playing time concerns because Nolan Gorman is playing incredibly well in Triple A. He really seems to be turning the corner, and I think he's going to be up early next year. And if he comes up and plays well, I think Tommy Edmond might be the one that's out of a job, especially with Tyler O'Neill and Bader playing better than I expected this year. I think Edmond could turn into a a go-back-into-being-a-utility guy who always comes in and starts at second whenever the lefty's pitching, something like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know we've talked – away from this podcast about Edmund quite a bit. And um, I'm with you. I think it's probably a good time to look into selling him this off season if mm-hmm. you haven't. Um, I still think there will be intrigue intrigue because people will look at it and, you know, he'll still have steel. I want to say he's got 20 steals. Yeah. And um, there will still be some intrigue there, you know, Numbers look fairly good this year. But like you said, I mean, with Gorman kind of on the doorstep, I mean, obviously Gorman's not going to be playing third base with the Cardinals. So you kind of just can start seeing scenarios where Edmund is losing time or at least becoming more of a utility guy. You know, he doesn't get on base a lot, doesn't drive the ball. So, yeah, I I can definitely – I can definitely see it. It was kind of one of those things you kind of even opened my eyes to it. I mean, just the more I thought about it after you were saying what you were saying, I was like, yeah, it's, I, I would just be careful, like expecting this year after year from Edmund. I mean, I'm not, I wouldn't say he can't do it again or be okay, but, Agreed. um, I also just don't think it's going to get a ton better and yeah, worse. I've got him in. Um, I've got him in RM3, and I've I've been thinking about moving him. I haven't done it yet, but I've been thinking about it. All right. Well. And anybody, and anybody who's in that league, if you want Tommy Edman, hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening. Hopefully of <laughs> Yeah, hopefully at least a few of them aren't. <laughs> <laughs>
0: If you are in that league and you see them trade him in the offseason, you can kind of just nod and smile. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Okay, who's your last one that you have that you want to go over tonight?
1: Uh, so my fifth one will be Joe Musgrove. And, I mean, is it not just unbelievable that this guy has probably been the Padres' best pitcher this year? <laughs>
0: As is that
1: nuts to say is that out. not just crazy i mean i remember when they got him and obviously he had some steam when he signed or when he got traded right
0: yeah he was traded yeah like yeah. late in the off
1: season. right and he got some steam in drafts and stuff and i i remember making a joke or two about it but i did wind up getting him in at least one league i think i got him. yeah one. you were intrigued by um, him Well, a little bit, but I was never really, I was still kind of like, I got to see this. You know, I just, Joe Musgrove, like I wasn't super excited. I wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't say that. But agree. um, yeah, after all of these moves that the Padres make all year, and it's like, you think about it now, and I'm starting to think they're not even going to make the playoffs. But if they did, I mean, he's probably their game one starter, or maybe game two if, If Darvish is healthy, you know, which he just came back. So maybe it's game two, but I mean, he's just been awesome. I don't really have a ton to say, but I, I think it's pretty believable at this point. I mean, he was good last year in a short sample, but last year was so, and I remember thinking coming into this year, like the hard part of this is going to be figuring out which ones of these were legit and which ones weren't. You know, because I mean, he threw 39 innings last year. It's like, how serious can you take it? But yeah, been awesome this year 139 innings, crazy K rate, improved the walk rate. Yeah, he's been awesome. So definitely a guy that I think has kind of made a a jump up, at least in my eyes. I mean, I know that some people were kind of already doing that. So maybe I was just kind of behind the curve a little bit.
0: I was definitely behind the curve. Our buddy Chris Winder. He snuck him off me last year in RM2. I, it was early on when the performance uptick was happening. He saw it and he snuck him off me. I don't remember the deal. I don't remember which one it was. But that was one he pulled out from under me. And even whenever the chatter was starting this off season, and I was looking at those ratios, I was thinking, man, I just don't. I, as a owner of Musgrove for the last three or four years, I wasn't sure I was ready to buy into it either. And the other thing I want to bring up is that I know from owning him the last three or four years is he's also dealt with a lot of shoulder injuries. And his shoulder has stayed perfectly intact all year. Like It it felt like clockwork. He'd throw 30 or 40 innings and then go on the injured list with the shoulder deal going on. At some point every year, it seemed like that was happening. And second year in a row, he's been pretty healthy in pitching well. Yeah. So... Yeah, I mean, where's this guy going to go next year in drafts? And do you think you could draft him as like a high-end two or something? Because he might be up there.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's it's hard to say where he's going to go. I mean, he was going, I want to say at the end of draft season, he was maybe going like in round seven, six or seven. I, I'm pretty sure I saw him taken in the top 100. Right at, I'm talking right at the end.
0: I'm pulling NFBC ADP real quick while you're talking. Well, it's going to probably
1: be – it's going to be lower than that. Well, I, mean, I want to see the I high the, spot.
0: I want to see the I high spot. I think the
1: draft – I think the draft I took him in, I want to say it was maybe like round 9 or 10. But he definitely went – I specifically want to say I heard 91. I I could be off on that. It's been months. But like the pick 91, which would be 6-7 turn. So – um uh, that may not be exact, but it's close. I know it was right in there. Um, so, yeah, it's.
0: Andrew, it, I am very I, confused I, I, right now because I just pulled it up, and I don't know why or how or what. His men pick is 22. <laughs> what? I don't even know how that's possible unless there were drafts like, let me change this to was April that
1: 1st. Did, well there was some leagues at like the all-star break i okay, you know
0: those? those probably were counted here so his yeah, men, cut his that men out. pick was his men pick no nah, that's all right we'll leave it in there but his men pick was 71 before april 1st so that that's fifth okay. round right there so yeah. I, I i was sitting here looking at that like how is that possible and i was like okay maybe we had some in-season drafts and you just
1: without looking at a list of pitchers he strikes me as the type i, I think will go as a two that i would rather have as a three you know what that but it's pick probably gonna be, is
0: probably going to be close to his adp i would say
1: it's probably gonna be really really hard to get him as a three yeah. i would think agreed so
0: you're gonna have to have gone that pocket aces thing like yeah he, he's in the corbin burns area last year or the
1: or like Ma- a guy in one of my leagues he w- went four starting pitchers to start or something like something like that. You probably would have to do to get him as your three. I'm not saying he can't be a capable two though. I mean, he he probably can. It's just crazy how much better he's gotten. Yep.
0: All right. I got a number five here and I saved this one for last because I thought I was definitely going to bring him up if you didn't, but I also thought he was going to be on your list and that is Miles straw. He was close.
1: I almost put him on there. Yeah,
0: I saved him for last. For that reason, I wanted to give you the chance in case you wanted to put him on here. You and I have talked about a, a lot about him offline, and I think he's kind of like the polar opposite of Tommy Edmond. In in the way I'm about to explain this, because I do say this one with a little bit of hesitancy. I didn't, but I didn't think he'd ever be an everyday player in his career for a full season. I remember seeing him. Here in AA Springfield, he was with the Houston Texans minor leagues and minor league team. And they, I saw him come to Springfield and was really impressed with his on-base ability. He had, he had a ton of steals that year, but the power was a 30-grade at best. But he managed to play in Houston every day this year. And I was still skeptical he would play every day there all year. And I guess I was right, but not really because he was traded to Cleveland. But that's a great situation. Cleveland is not throwing out a lot of talent out there in the outfield, and Straw is cost-controlled for a while. So he could be a good source of speed going forward the next few years. He isn't a great hitter. I think 270 is probably on the high end of what I'd expect, but he's really good at taking walks, and that ability to get on base should keep him in the lineup, and that could keep him near the top of the lineup in Cleveland, to where... I think because of where he's at now, I, you know, you were saying this a month ago, and as I've been watching him, I'm becoming more and more intrigued too with this guy in terms of thinking about redraft leagues next year and getting him in that Tommy Edmonds spot, or maybe even later. He might go even later, but I could be in on Miles Straw this offseason.
1: Yeah, he, um, it's such a better situation in Cleveland. And I just, I say that because in Houston, I was always wondering when he, or I was always expecting them to have someone better to play,
0: Yeah,
1: you know, or, or to find somebody or to trade for somebody or, you know, whatever, however they do it. But, um, and he was getting a good bit of playing time when he was there this year, but I guess it was just kind of, the mindset of oh well they're eventually gonna replace him there I mean just, Houston's just too good now in Cleveland I do feel like it's kind of opened up for him a bit um yeah kind of all the stuff you said I man I just didn't like in my head I just think if he could just get to like 12 to 15 home runs he could be a stud yes I don't think that he probably can do that I will admit I don't I think he's probably a single-digit home run guy, unfortunately, maybe 10. But he doesn't have any power, really. I mean, it's it's kind of one of those. But there's a lot of stolen base upside, decent OBP skills, and, yeah, just enough to where as long as he's holding down a leadoff spot in Cleveland, I mean, and I don't see anybody right now that's going to take it from him. So, yeah, I like him, too. I mean, I know we've talked about it, and... Um, I wonder, you know, everybody's always starving for speed and drafts. So I'm just, I'll be curious to see how high he creeps up. Probably depends some on the end of the year. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Very interesting guy this off season. Um, you mentioned having others who were your kind of also's that you were considering.
1: Uh, Alec Bohm. I didn't include him just because. I think it's plain as day obvious, kind of like Nick Solak. I mean, you have to change your mind on him, you know, mm-hmm. so I just didn't include him, but definitely down on him from where I was. Uh, Tanner Houck. Mm-hmm. I like what he's doing with Boston, but I, I didn't give him a ton of thought like before this season, really yeah. like not, a, not a lot. So changing your mind, it was kind of like a weird one because it's not like I was down on him before. It just mm-hmm. one of those guys that never really entered. And then, you know what? This one, the other one is Jared Kelnick. And oh. I I just have an eyebrow raised. I'm not saying to panic. I'm not saying, like, I'm out forever. But I cannot believe how bad he's playing. He has just been, I look today, 270 slug. <laughs>
0: And we're up and to like, 237 at bats. This yes, isn't, this isn't yes. a sm- as small of a sample now.
1: I know. And and it's not, I think the reason that I'm surprised mostly is I didn't, this guy just didn't seem like the type of guy that would do this. Um, you know, like Joe Adele or something. It doesn't surprise you as much. You see a guy that strikes out a ton. Yeah. and You know, they kind of bounce up and down and eventually they figure it out or they don't, but. Kellenix never had those issues and I don't get it. It's just weird. I'm not saying that he, I'm not saying to freak out and trade him in the dynasty league or any of that stuff, but I am kind of like, man, how, like how much is it going to turn around and how quickly and will it take a year or two or will he be like what Dylan Carlson is this year, next year where it's just decent, but nothing special. You know, I don't know. I yeah. mean, it, that's not too exciting. You know, if you now again, and I'm not crucifying Dylan Carlson either. I mean, he's still young and he's been fairly productive, but it's not anything that is that you expected out of a top five prospect that Jared Kellenick is, you know, I just kind of have an eyebrow raised been watching it, and it's just been brutal. I mean, it's, it's been tough.
0: I have not caught many of his at bats this year, so I really don't have much to add, but it's not been good. And, yeah 237 it's almost
1: been it's almost been so bad that I was thinking about this the other day but like if he wasn't Jared Kelnick he wouldn't be playing mm-hmm. like that's how bad he's been he wouldn't even be in the lineup or he'd be in the minors or whatever you know he's just probably there right now because he is who he is but it's crazy that doesn't to, that doesn't last forever, so we're cra- gonna have to pick it up.
0: It's crazy to think back to March and you know, that guy in the organization with the Mariners said he'd be up the after two weeks. They tried getting him to sign an extension and it really sounded like this guy might have like Kelnick might have the ammo to make a grievance against the team. Yeah. And now here we are four five months later and it's like, Man, does this guy even belong in the major leagues at this moment? It's, right. It's changed so fast for him in that, in terms yeah. of that. And I mean, he's still got a lot of value. And like you said, you're definitely not saying they even sell. But yeah, I think it's definitely worthy of an eyebrow raise. Yeah. Uh,
1: Who were your other ones? Let's
0: see. I wrote down quite a few names. I mean, one of the top, my like last one I wrote up on was Trent Grisham. That was going to be my extra. Yeah, I thought, it.
1: thought about him too. Um, He's well, been better in August, though. That was why I left him. Tri- left him um, be, but
0: Patrick Sandoval, I'm intrigued by him. I, but he was again kind of like not really enough on the radar before the year. So I was like, I don't know how much I've changed. Cedric Mullins, yeah. really like Cedric Mullins now, but I've talked about him a lot. Yeah. Um
1: yeah, see. I left Lu- I left Luis Castillo off for that for that reason.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and Brian Reynolds. Brian Reynolds was another one I wrote down. I'm yeah, pretty impressed that's a good with one.
1: what he's done. Yeah, that's a good one.
0: Yeah. So that wraps up basically our changing your mind section here segment here that we're gonna be talking about tonight. And Andrew, I thought I'd finish up. You and I actually have a fantasy football draft that started today. Yeah. We're doing an auction and I knew it was bad going in like this, for me this year but I think I mentioned last year that I took the year off from fantasy football and I feel like I'm playing for the first year of my life again this year. So I'm looking at <laughs> these guys like there's some of the stars I know, some of them I don't even have a clue who they are. And this is a 14 team league with like two quarterbacks, a flex I feel like I'm gonna just be absolutely screwed by the time we get to the end of this thing.
1: Jeez, it's a slow auction, so you got time during
0: I, it. <laughs> I'm trying to read as I go, but man, I—it's amazing what you know. Being ch- kind of checked out in 2019, and then being completely checked out—how quick. The league changes fast. That's what I'm yeah. realizing right now. Is you know when you're playing in dynasty leagues and you're keeping up, like I have before the last couple of years, I I knew the guys coming up, I knew the players, and I just was up on it. But my gosh, in two three years, the re- like AJ Green's not even I like I I'm when I hear people talk yeah, about he's, him, he's completely like out like yeah. irrelevant now, and I'm like. <laughs> Wait, I thought A.J. Green was the number one.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Things like that are going on right now. Yep. It's crazy. But, um, yeah, we got that going on. It's football season. How many football leagues are you in this year?
1: Um, I think it's probably going to be, like, five.
0: That's a low number for you because I think you were more in the eight Maybe to ten range.
1: five or six. I think last year I was only in, like, four. Wow. So,
0: so pretty much the same number then. Cause this, yeah, this is the one that didn't in happen
1: last year. Yeah. It'll probably, it'll probably be five or six fight. Yes. Yeah.
0: But yeah, um, it's going to be, I don't know. I'm, Feel like I'm. This is going to be a train wreck for me this year. But my goal this year the way
1: is, the way fantasy football is, you'll win the league. That's that was the joke I made a couple
0: <laughs> weeks ago. You just kind yeah. of luck into a couple things, and you can run away with the thing because that's the way fantasy football works. Yep. My goal this year is just to learn about who everybody is, so I'm, I don't feel so lost next year. That's my goal.
1: There you go. So.
0: Well, we got another month left in the season. Five weeks, is that right? Is that what's the last? Yeah, day something like that. I think season?
1: it's. I want to say it's September twenty, like ninth or. Uh, I'm looking. I'm trying to pull it. Or no, October third.
0: Okay, I was thinking it, does, it got it does October.
1: bleed into yeah it does bleed into October.
0: So yeah, we got last f- year, five last weeks. Last
1: year, I, I think I was thinking last year it was like the twenty eighth or 29th. So
0: five. So leagues. yeah, f-
1: yeah, something like that.
0: Trade deadlines have passed. So are are tr- like, I know some leagues run till the thirty first, but all yours are done, right? Every league you're in, trade deadlines are over.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So we're into the final sprint here with all these leagues. So, as I've said before, good luck to you with all leagues but one. And <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, we're still kind of duking it out.
0: Like. Yep, we are. We are. So you got a
1: nice you got a little bit of a lead so I don't pitch,
0: know. Pitching has helped me and not you for the last week or two in that league but I also know that that could flip on a dime there's so many categories we're really yeah. close on.
1: Yeah, so, there's a lot of close categories so it's still kind of up in the air.
0: Yeah. But um I guess Well, I, we got to figure out some things to talk about in September. We got to, do you have any ideas of anything like right off the bat, hitting you on the spot, kind of coming across? We'll just do this right Uh,
1: here. Normally I would say like call-ups, but they're not really, they're not expanding the rosters anymore, are they?
0: No, I think it's going from like, aren't they 26 right now? Yeah. It's going from 26 to 28, I think is what I remember. Yeah.
1: It's probably not going to be much. I still have a feeling there's going to be a couple that were like, wow. Like we're surprised about, but probably not enough to do like a whole show on or
0: anything like no, that. No, I don't think that's going to be relevant. Who knows? Maybe it'd be fun to actually do just some sort of mock draft, like a regular season mock draft. Just do one of those. Yeah, we'll figure something. Maybe out. something like that. We can get somebody else to come join us for that. But uh, outside of all that, I hope all of you guys are hanging there in your leagues and we will be back in the next week or two, and we'll we'll come up with something to get, get you know, as we get here into the last couple of weeks of the season. But until then, thank you all for listening, and take care, everybody.
1: Yep, take care, guys.
0: Thanks again for listening to the Baseball 365 Podcast with Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Be sure to check the show notes for all the details on today's episode along with quick links to Facebook and Twitter. If you have a question, a comment, or a suggestion, we would love to hear from you. You can find us at the Baseball 365 Facebook group or send an email to us, baseball365pod at gmail.com. And if you like the show, take a moment, write us on iTunes. Once again, please join the Baseball 365 community on Facebook. That's where baseball lives 365 days a year.